calling all LA influencers to play metaphysics. This is precisely why we moved our show simulation to Los Angeles to be able to take the biggest questions around the nature of reality, the nature of consciousness, and maximizing human potential directly into the hearts of the people with the greatest influence mimetically to disseminate ideas to millions of people in their audiences. As these celebrities and influencers become more awakened and enlightened themselves, they also have a massive butterfly effect on their audiences and on the world. This is the most efficient way to catalyze the planetary awakening. That's why we moved our show here after doing 700 plus interviews on science and entrepreneurship and spirituality. We relocated to LA from Silicon Valley to be able to bring these biggest questions into many of the people with the greatest influence to catalyze the awakening. And this is becoming more and more commonplace in Hollywood. You just had Mike Tyson, who appeared on Logan Paul's podcast called Impulsive, where he was promoting entheogens. Entheogens is synonymous with psychedelics. Psychedelics means mind manifesting, whereas entheogens means unleashing God within. And... It's preferred word of choice for myself and many others. Mike Tyson promoting that was huge. And he's had the unleashing of God within after undergoing all that he did in boxing, which is huge. And the mainstreaming in general of asking the main questions like who are we why are we here what is our true nature what is i who am i and how to maximize planetary prosperity the main questions out of that batch is the question, what is I? Because the question, what is I? It directs attention inward. What is consciousness? What is awareness? Is that consciousness awareness shared among us? Is it also eternal? Is this just one creation design? Is this just one expression of infinity? One dream that we are a part of and we are eternally immersing ourselves into these dream creation designs. So the question, what is I, gets us to turn our attention inward, whereas the vast majority of the time our attention is turned outward. We're not aware of awareness itself. So that's huge. And then how to maximize planetary prosperity is also critical because it focuses our attention on the unique artistic expression that each one of us are toward 
architecting protocols that maximize abundance and well-being and prosperity for everybody the sustainable development goals the basic needs being met and actualizing the unique creative gifts of all billion all eight billion of us and beyond so this is why we're here to drive these main questions home into the heart of the most influential people in los angeles in hollywood and so this is a really exciting stream for me on specifically the vlog squad discussing the nature of reality. And I've been really excited about what they've achieved and also about getting these biggest questions to them. And many of these other diverse, prominent nodal clusters of people here that are beginning to get excited about these biggest questions. Old Hollywood, in many ways, has no idea what's going on with Digital Quotient or DQ. A lot of Old Hollywood was, from the last couple of decades, kind of in the multi-million dollar sets and undergoing a process of showing up every single day for seven days to shoot and then doing that for weeks and weeks and months on end and then having that be produced into just one movie that then gets released into theaters and so if you remember vhs and dvd stuff like that whereas the modern new hollywood understands dq and by dq digital quotient i mean generally speaking understanding information technology and the way that we disseminate content, memetics, memes, the cultural unit of information transfer. And via these mediums like TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, specifically those platforms are very prominent in what has evolved to be the vertical video format. And also the 15 to approximately 60 second per video format, which is very interesting. And then the YouTube, which has been around much longer, but is in the horizontal format and also has a much longer length content where from five minutes, 10 minutes up to even podcasts that go on for hours. Also, New Hollywood understands the computer-generated imagery, CGI, which we've learned that approximately 90% or so of the newest productions are CGI, which is fascinating. And also VR, virtual reality, AGI, artificial general intelligence, and the way that algorithms will be playing a massive role with machine learning with understanding large amounts of data and drawing out insights from that as well as having a more generally speaking algorithmic society in general around our basic daily processes things like avatars are becoming more popular as well doing things like creating a digital twin of yourself and then having that digital twin 
go into the the digital spaces on the interwebs across platforms and then be able to engage with audiences that way. And also technologies like bio and neurotechnology with things like Neuralink and beyond. And so a lot of the new Hollywood, a lot of the millennials and the Generation Z and also the Generation Alpha, who are the newest generation that are born between 2010 and 2025, that this new Hollywood era needs a metaphysical truth as an anchor, aka a focus for what to build around, for what to create content around, what should millennials and Generation Z and Generation Alpha be focused around building? Well, it should be around metaphysical truth, around these biggest questions, around consciousness, around the nature of reality, around how that is shared and that is eternal, and that love is the recognition that we share our eternal being, and this is but one dreamed creation design expression of that that we're immersed into and beautifully as unique expressions artistically experiencing. And so... Also, maximizing human potential is another critical one of those anchors, a focus for what to build around. And so these ideas, like one infinite creator expressing itself, maximizing human potential, are going to be the critical anchors and focuses for what the new Hollywood will be building around and what we're super excited to be a catalyst for. So we have some audio from the podcast to play here. A great place to start is influencers that are already discussing these big questions. For example, the Views podcast that David Dobrik and Jason Nash host. They have this very recent episode that they published called Biggest Life Failure. And from the timestamps between 2020 and 2636, if you would like to go and listen, this is where we will begin here, and then we will pause as we go through the podcast, and we will review what we've been listening to, and also I will provide feedback and insight around the metaphysics and around the consciousness, and that will be a good way for us to begin this process. So let's dive in. Mike, do you think the world revolves around you? I do have a a slight theory that like if you anything that's not directly in front of me doesn't exist. So like when I don't see my math teacher used to tell me that all the time, like if like I haven't seen you in however long two weeks, you didn't exist until I saw you. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you'll exist on the screen if I see you, like, on my phone in, like, a story but or I'm something. I'm not doing anything on my own. You don't actually exist outside of my own mind. Like, nothing exists yeah. outside of my own mind. Yeah. Jay, what do you think about that? You think that sounds crazy? What, that Mike's the center of the universe? <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it does sound insane when you look at it that way. 
Like, how do I know that you guys exist when I leave totally. this room? Totally. And it's to- and it's like and it's like we can fucking sit here and be like, Mike, you're crazy, but like. All right. So, let's play f- off that first bit to start. So, David Dobrik asks Mike Sheffer, who is a member of the Vlog Squad, and who also hosts a podcast called Hoot and a Half with Matt King. And Mike, in many ways, has, you'll notice throughout this breakdown, has a pretty strong understanding of what we're going to be unpacking. So David asks Mike, Mike, do you think the world revolves around you? And Mike answers, anything not directly in front of me doesn't exist. And David said, my math teacher used to tell me that all the time. And David's mentioned this before as well. And Mike says, nothing exists outside my own mind. And then Mike also says, how do I know you exist when I leave this room? Generally speaking, these are very, very important philosophical questions. Philosophia means the love of wisdom, and it's a really important question to be asking. It has a lot to do with metaphysical idealism. Idealism means that consciousness is inextricable from reality. And again, metaphysics is the study of the nature of reality. And so realities require observers just like dreams. This reality requires us as awareness that is shared and eternal to be present as an observer, as a witness in this dream creation design, just like in our dreams, when we go to sleep at night, we sleep a third of our lives and we dream for a good portion of that as well. And when we simulate these dreamed realities, we immerse ourselves into them as an observer that's going around and exploring the dream simulated environment and experiencing it. And that reality requires an observer to be in it, to experience it in your dream. Just like this one does that we're immersed in now. And in your dream, what happens is as soon as that dream simulation ends and then the next dreamed simulation begins, guess what? The observer, the witness, the awareness stayed the same. It is undergoing a different experience in the second dream, in the new environment, but the awareness stayed the same that is the same eternal awareness the eternal witness or observer that is shared among all of us that 
we are talking about in the dreams at night, just like we are talking about here in this dreamed creation design, in this reality. These analogies are super, explain like I'm five, they're super simple. These codes that are an amnesia, they're the remembrance that we're going under to recognize our own true nature. It's that simple. So, in the perennial spiritual traditions, usually what is said is that you are the sky. So your awareness that is eternal and shared is the sky. And then all of the clouds that appear in the sky, in awareness, are like the thoughts and the objects and the emotions and the perceptions and the sensations and the beliefs. All of those are clouds that appear in the eternal awareness of the sky. So when you know yourself as the eternal awareness of the sky that's experiencing the clouds, you know yourself as peace and happiness experiencing all of these different clouds. Versus if you don't know yourself as the eternal awareness of the sky and you only know yourself as the limited finite clouds of experience that are happening, you're tied up in all of those clouds and the knots of those experiences and you don't know yourself. That's why 2,500 years ago, the Greeks had the main Delphic maxim written on the top of the temple of Apollo at Delphi that said, know thyself. Know thyself means know thyself as the one infinite creator, as God, as an expression of that. Know thyself as that and know all others as expressions of that same source. And as you can tell here, when when Mike was saying things like nothing exists outside my mind, it's also important to remember that when you get to these advanced stages of consciousness, awareness, when you get to these advanced stages of recognizing the true nature of our being, you reach what's called an all-inclusive awareness. So it's no longer just being aware of your own awareness, but it's also being aware of other people's awareness. When you're in a conversation with somebody, you no longer are just aware of your own awareness and you as the sky, but you're also aware of their awareness and them as the sky and that sky being shared between you. They are a unique expression of that sky and you are a unique expression of that sky and that's most clearly via analogy leveraged via understanding the iris the iris is our unique coloration and the pupil is the sky is the shared eternal awareness 
Now that's just with two people. Now, if you imagine you add a third person, a fourth person, now imagine an entire stadium that's filled with people. Or if you want to go so far as to imagine an entire country or the whole planet, all 8 billion people's awareness at the same time holding all of that simultaneously being aware of everyone's awareness simultaneously and it's fascinating because when you begin undergoing the expansions of your own awareness to get closer and closer to the all-inclusive awareness what happens is interesting things like you begin realizing that pretty much at any point in time there are approximately 1 billion people around the planet that are asleep <laughs> out of the 8 billion and that's pretty interesting and you also gain a greater degree of what is called the integral so in calculus what happens when you run the integral the integration is the summation of the infinitesimal data and so in this case you go from zero to eight billion and you make a summation of all of the awareness of the planet and that's when you begin really having a high level of metaphysical truth you're holding the in awareness of all 8 billion unique agents and then in calculus there's also the derivative in this case it'd be the derivation or the differentiation or the individuation and so that is when you have the unique expression, the iris, the unique artistic expression of the infinite in each one of those 8 billion. And that's why each one of us is super beautifully unique and is contributing a unique gift. They're actualizing a unique gift into our beautiful dreamed creation design. And another way to think about that from a perspective of biology and the code of life, which is really important, is the integration is like the 99.9% .9 genetic similarity between humans at the level of DNA, whereas the derivation, the differentiation, the individuation is like the 0.1% genetic difference between humans, the unique gift. So again, the 99.9% .9 similarity is like the pupil, the eternal shared awareness, and then the 0.1% differentiation individuation, artistic expression is like the iris. And that's the actualization of the unique gift. So it's very much like the inward meeting the one infinite creator undergoing that process of God realization. And then the outward of the creative expression of that infinite. And then when you undergo that process, what happens is like Lao Tzu described with Wu Wei, there is an effortless action that comes outward 
once you are realized as that because you can never commit malevolence onto another because you recognize that is the same self that's the same one infinite just expressed through a unique artistic expression and so you channel the highest morality the highest ethics the highest well-being and prosperity architectures to maximize human potential and this is also very much resonant with donald hoffman's conscious agent theory and so science is kind of like don said on our interview on our show science is kind of like johnny come lately to what spirituality has known for five thousand years and in this case Don Hoffman is doing graph dynamics with conscious agents. And some of the ideas are very much like what the perennial spiritual traditions have been saying. Like, for example, like we play in Grand Theft Auto, you render only the local experience. You're rendering only the part of the map that you're experiencing. So there are currently other agents in China, India, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, etc., that are rendering Sao Paulo and Beijing and Moscow. And I'm rendering Los Angeles here. And so these are important key insights to remember that even science and even... To me, it's just like... So that's an important bit that Jason brings up, which is a good question to ask, which is that how do I know I haven't been dealing with a narcissist this whole time? As though it would be like solipsism, where that would be narcissistic, where it would be saying that everyone else is an NPC, which stands for a non-player character, like in a game where it's the computer that's playing as the characters rather than actual agents of infinity that are playing as those characters. And so in this case, it's not like solipsism, but instead it's like our Grand Theft Auto games are overlapping. So in this case, it's like the multiplayer missions so like the views podcast for example the gta character you can use call of duty or halo or fortnite or any of these games minecraft you can use any of these games that the david dobrik character comes to play with the jason nash character to play the multiplayer mission which is the creative expression of the views podcast and occasionally They'll have people like Mike Sheffer that come on as another multiplayer character in the creative expression of that individual podcast episode that Mike would contribute to. And so this is the simple way for us to understand this again is the very simple pupil and iris analogy where each of us is the shared infinite which is the pupil which is the observer just like in the dream at night that we simulate that we immerse ourselves as the observer into and then 
the experiencing a unique coloration is like the iris, is like the character itself. That's why the David Dobrik character is having a unique coloration than the Jason Nash character, than the Mike Sheffer character. Those are having different colorations on the iris, but the pupil itself is the shared awareness. Again, just super explain like I'm five childlike analogies that are really important, especially to drive home metaphysical truth in the Los Angeles Hollywood influencer celebrity space that then can butterfly effect out to the masses around the world. Especially with the Generation Z and Generation Alpha and the digital quotient that they have with the dissemination across those platforms. Okay, so this next bit is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's an actual explanation for what the universe is. But also, this could I, all be fucking made up. If I treat other people badly because I'm the center of the universe, then that means I'm also treating myself badly. So it's better to treat the other people, quote unquote, good, because they they're all part of me. So I should still be a good person. <laughs> I've worked it all. So there's two parts there that are great. You just heard at the beginning there, you heard David Dobrik say that, there is no explanation for the universe. This could all be made up. I've heard David mention this before on his vlog as well. That is really important. This question in itself is the main question of metaphysics. The nature of reality and also around philosophia the love of wisdom it is also its main question which is what is the explanation of why we're here of the universe and when you land on that question of what is the explanation of why we're here of the universe and what is this i what is this awareness when you land at that question and you dedicate yourself full time, not like part time where you're just doing it on the side for an hour a week. But when you really go hard, like 40 hours a week on the answer to this question, that's when the truth will yield because you will have the earnestness, you will have the dedication you will have the desire to know yourself. And that's when the truth yields. And so I would encourage people like David here and many others in the vlog squad and in the Hollywood space to dedicate themselves full time to the answering of this question. I know that David has his views podcast that is now in a really beautifully designed studio space in his new house, which is awesome this super visionary around where it's heading which was also something that i was excited about hoping to see that you would do in your next step and that to bring on the major guests in hollywood onto shows like views or like impulsive or like the different major podcast platforms that have developed in Hollywood and to bring on these 
guess, and then ask them these biggest questions. So if one of David's main questions became, what is your explanation for the universe? Even if his guess did not have a way to answer that and it was just laughing at the question, at least it's creating the butterfly effect. It's knocking over the first domino. It's watering the seed of the metaphysical truth inquiry, which is huge. And so this is the type of work that I'm here to do and that simulation is here to do. And a little bit of Sanskrit will help the majority of the awakening West. India, in many ways, is the most spiritually rich nomenclature, lexicon, language over the last 5,000 years. And so we'll go ahead and bring many of these concepts to the awakening West to help them. So first, we'll start with Leela. Leela means the divine play, the cosmic play. And so when you ask the question, what's the explanation for the universe? The Sanskrit tradition talks about it, especially just the Indian subcontinent in general, talking about it as though it's a big divine play, a big cosmic play, and that it's really important to use that word play because play is like the childlike awe and the childlike creativity and the childlike laughter. And those components are really important. And especially if any of you have watched the Vlog Squad's vlogs and the way that David specifically captured the content and then edited it, and I know that Joe Volpus also played a critical role in that process, and that the editing style itself is very much childlike. It's very much like play. It's very much like highlighting the key stories and the key funny things that have happened. And so the more, in a sense, you think about the universe like it is a childlike exploration and a childlike play, so that one infinite creator expressing itself through us and this dream creation design, the more that you recognize that there's an amount of peace and happiness that comes with the recognition of eternity that then you bring to the dreamed creation design. You bring peace and happiness to Leela, to the divine play, rather than trying to extract peace and happiness from the divine play. Because seeking peace and happiness externally just like in the parable of the prodigal son in the Bible, you'll hit a breaking point. The ego always hits a breaking point, whether it be conspicuous consumption or whether it be greed or whether it be fame or clout or any of these external objects that we chase and seek for happiness and peace. We hit a breaking point just like we are currently with planetary ecology and geopolitical relations and technology asymmetries and all these types of things where eventually we have the breaking point and the turn inward and then the recognizing like Rumi said, you go from room to room looking for the diamond necklace that's already around your neck, meaning that consciousness, awareness is, the nature of it is peace and happiness. So you recognize your eternal shared awareness, 
and that is the diamond necklace around your neck that's refracting the unique expression of the source light through it as an artistic expression in the actualization of a gift in the streamed creation design and that by recognizing that process you bring peace and happiness to the creation design rather than trying to extract from it and that's typically why the word maya which is another very important sanskrit word that was initially the theory of it was formulated by adi shankara about 1300 or so years ago and he's one of the most important philosophers that's ever lived and he was also massively involved in Advaita, which we'll get to in a moment. Maya means the intoxication. So meaning that when you go out seeking peace and happiness externally, there's an intoxication that happens because you think that you can actually get peace and happiness externally, but you can't. Awareness and consciousness is what is eternally nature of peace and happiness. And so it's to recognize that and then recognizing that in Maya, in what changes, so in this case, Maya changes, these creation designs change, just like in your dream, when you dream at night, the, the landscape that you dreamed that you've immersed yourself into changes, but when that dream landscape ends and the next dream landscape begins, when you leave the Eiffel Tower in Paris and you go to the Great Wall of China and you're now on the Great Wall of China, the dream landscape has changed, but the observer has stayed the same. And so it's very similar with Maya in these dream creations is that you recognize that you're the eternal shared observer that is experiencing the different creation designs, the different fluctuations energetically, which we'll get to here in a bit at the quantum mechanical level, that are then creating the appearance of form and matter. And so to be intoxicated by the form and the matter and to think that you're going to find peace and happiness there is a mistake that's been known for over, again, 2000 years, like in this parable of the prodigal son, where you turn inward. And you recognize that eternal peace and happiness. And then you bring that to all of the appearance of form and enjoy that butterfly effect of peace and happiness to your family, your friends, your community, the world. And then Advaita, which literally means not to, so not to meaning non-duality. It means that consciousness and God are one. So just like in the Bible, John 1030, it says, I and my father are one. Or in Sanskrit, it's also tatvam asi, meaning you are that. So you, your consciousness, your awareness is that, is the ultimate. It is the supreme. It is Brahman. Atman and Brahman are one. Consciousness and God are one. And then in the next bit, Mike Sheffer says, it's better to treat other people well because they're all part of me. And that's precise because the other is the same infinite shared eternal observer, witness, but a, just a different unique expression. 
that is then interacting with itself. So if you remember, like we were talking about earlier, can you be meta enough when you're in a conversation with somebody to recognize yourself as the awareness, the sky, and them as the awareness in the sky, and then the communication of the thoughts, emotions, feelings, perceptions, sensations, beliefs, as the clouds that are happening in the sky, and that the sky itself is shared, and it's eternal. And that's only through two, and then now try and do it with up to eight billion and beyond. So it's all one body. It's all one shared being. And love is the recognition that we share our being. And that's what eradicates malevolence. Because you would never hurt yourself. So it may be that egoic levels of consciousness that are in the greatest positions of power, the United Nations General Assembly, the Fortune 500 CEOs, the 2,200 billionaires around the planet, the 225,000 ultra high net worth individuals and families around the planet, the 535 people in the United States Congress, etc. If their levels of consciousness are egoic and if they are not enlightened, that is likely our most upstream issue that this dreamed creation design faces. And so it's most important for us to not only bring these biggest questions around consciousness, metaphysics, and maximizing human potential to Los Angeles and Hollywood, but also to these greatest billionaires and Fortune 500 CEOs, etc. around the planet, because they themselves awakening will catalyze the greatest butterfly effects as well. Okay, let's go onward. <laughs> I wonder if Mike's so confident. With Mike's girls. made his own laws. <laughs> um, hey, I'm, I'm, they're working. No, but I mean, I understand the concept of like my math teacher used to say that all the time. They're like, he's like, there's a hallway behind me, but really, is there? If I'm not looking at it, is there anything behind me? Right. And I was like, I have no fucking idea. Well, they act, this it. is like an actual science, this quantum crucial. physics, where they will do experiments in like super, super, super tiny particles that are in two places. Until they are observed, they're in two different places at the same time. And then the second they look at it, it collapses into one of those two places. Meaning everything doesn't actually exist until you look at it. And that is like exactly what this theory is. I don't believe when I leave here, you guys all shut down like robots. All right. So that part is really critical, obviously. Because that's what I was mentioning earlier when I was saying things like, Mike Sheffer. Has one of the more clear understandings that I've been able to analyze so far across these different nodal clusters of leaders out here in Los Angeles, where he actually recognizes that quantum physics proves observer dependence and that's why I wrote right below that, ding, 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 this is the synthesis of science and spirituality. Spirituality knew consciousness was the ultimate for 5,000 years. And science, like Don Hoffman says, is a Johnny-come-lately in the last century with quantum mechanics proving this. Which is still fantastic that it has, but it's very much Johnny-come-lately. And that it's important for us to recognize at a level of 
similarly, like with quantum mechanics, all of the infinite endless combinations of the underlying energy fluctuations that are possible that then create the appearance of matter and form is very similar to like in music, in musical notes, there is all of the infinite endless combinations of notes that can turn into songs that then we as the symphony of eternal awareness then experience. So the analogy of quantum mechanics can be also brought to music and it can also be brought to art. How many different colors can you paint on a canvas? How many different combinations and arrangements of those different colors can you put on a canvas? Well, this creation design, this civilization orbiting this star on this planet Earth that has evolved exactly the, with the story that it has is but one combination of that beautiful painting on a canvas or of that song in the symphony or of that underlying quantum mechanical energetic modulation that is then creating the appearance of the form of matter. It's really critical to make these childlike analogies with art and with music and to tie that into consciousness and even physics. And this is why also Sir Roger Penrose, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2020, he has a cyclic cosmology. So even the Ouroboros that is millennia old, which is literally the snake eating its own tail, right? The cyclicity, the eternity, the never seizing the end of exploration. You can never come to the end of something that is unbounded. Just like in a game when you have a bounded map, imagine if that map was unbounded. You would never be able to finish exploring it. That's why this planet, this rock, that's why it has a bounding function of gravity to the rock. That's why it's so difficult to be able to go and leave the rock and explore anything else because the bounding function is exactly what creates the conscious agents to have to undergo the forcing function of interacting with one another and undergoing the process of understanding their own nature. And we've had several people from OpenAI on the show that have done things like Neural MMO where they've actually went through the simulations of the bounding functions. And so if it's unbounded, like infinity is unbounded, you can never come to the end of all of the combinations of dreams, creation designs, or of all the different combinations of music that then we as a symphony will play. never reaching the end of dreaming all the possible music combinations. And so the pupil is the single shared observer from the Big Bang, the pupil, the single shared observer, and the iris is the unique individuation of each character's experience. So each one of us has a unique individuated character experience that's the iris and the shared eternal observer is the pupil 
Okay. And David, David just goes, bye, Jay. How do you know that he's actually doing stuff when you're not seeing him? Yeah, like how do you, you don't have proof of any of this? How shit. do you know that your kids I see are his stories? But how, how do you know that your kids <laughs> are at your house? Insta story. Instagram is what's proven reality for you. But like, how do you know? Like, how do you know that there is a past? I just know, man. That's my reality. I, I'm, I'm firmly gripped in reality. I've been around a long time. I understand I that. Have path. you ever done? I'm looking forward to also helping with people like Jason, because in this case, you know, being around for a while and saying things like I'm firmly gripped in reality, a lot of the older consciousness, especially of my parents and our parents around our millennial or Gen Z age group, that the we'll get to this neuroscientifically in a little bit when we talk about things like the default mode network, but basically the conceptual schemas for them, they're like old horses that it's much more difficult for them to learn new tricks. And especially if these old horses have spent a vast majority of their life in a sense working nine to five, and they've never even picked up something like the Tao Te Ching of Lao Tzu and have read it. And so if you've never went to a meditation retreat, if you've never investigated awareness itself directly, Atmavichara, self-inquiry of Ramana Maharshi, if you haven't undergone that process or any of these aphorisms or retreats or entheogens, you're very much constrained conceptually to your limited worldview and you're very usually difficult to crack and so it's exciting to play around with that space and to see how really good questions especially from third parties outside of the normal family and friend bubbles can insert good questions that then help with these profound realizations so in this case i would like to point out how Time itself is an illusion. When you look at these symbols, what you recognize is that a couple thousand years ago, what we decided was that the earth, it rotates on its axis as it orbits the sun once a year. And it rotates on its axis every day. And as it does that rotation on its axis is that we wanted to be able to create squiggly lines that would then represent symbols that we could then put on sundials and eventually clocks like this so that we could use time usefully to say, hey, meet me at 3 p.m. tomorrow at this location and you could easily meet somebody there because you had this great tool of time. But time itself is an illusion. Time is a hallucination that is shared, that we created in order to have that nice, useful thing. So when you take 
time completely out of the equation, what happens is you experience eternity, which is our true nature. What was before the Big Bang, what is going to be after, where we go, that that is what eternity is. That's where we've been. That's where we're going to keep going. We're just going to keep exploring the unbounded possibility space of different combinations of music. And we're going to keep making these little squiggly lines that are different each time to try and describe what the process of making it easier for us to meet up. That's what this is. And so that's why I got this. Basically, I'm I'm beginning to just bring this around with me everywhere I go and I'm just pulling this out and beginning to have conversation with people about how much of an illusion it is because time time and ego are the two largest anchors that hold people back from recognizing themselves as infinity expressing itself. And so when we can remove or dissolve the anchor of ego and remove or dissolve the anchor of time, it helps people recognize themselves as infinity expressing itself. But it's not that you no longer ever respond to your name anymore. You do still, of course, respond to your name when somebody says, hey, Atlas, will you bring me the microphone? You will go and bring them the microphone. You, will, you won't say, I only, I am infinity. And same thing with time is that when somebody says, meet me at three, you will meet them at three. But then you may ask them the question, hey, do you know about time being an illusion? How do you feel about that? And so you now carry infinity and eternity with you as your true nature and you bring that peace and happiness and that knowledge that gnosis as the greeks would say or as the znanya or as the veda as the russians or as the indians would say and as that intelligence you bring that with you and you create a more harmonic metaphysical truthful enlightened civilization all right and so this is great we're about to jump into where mike was asking jason if he has ever done psychedelics psychedelics so much you ever done psychedelics yeah yeah he says he did dmt once and it changed his life forever or changed your personality what did you do i did acid and it changed your personality forever yeah what does that mean it just made me it a loser? Made me. <laughs> when did you do it? When you were six? <laughs> you Got asshole. him. <laughs> David, the world's worst therapist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, seriously. Go ahead. Go back. I didn't mean to call you a loser. You want a lollipop? Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, buddy. When did you do acid? <laughs> no, okay. When did you do acid? I did acid when I was 20. And then my, my Mike, I noticed maybe like a couple weeks later. My personality completely changed. And that was the first time you did acid? Oh, yeah. You, we talked about this. Like you my said likes and dislikes. Were you didn't different. care about like sports at all. Your, your, your page was different? My likes went down. <laughs> your likes went <laughs> my down. engagement. <laughs> my engagement went way Don't down. Don't do acid, kids. You'll fall acid. off the for you page. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So what, what, what happened with the acid? I, I just was, I was really into sports. Really into it. 
Like the way the way like sports guys are into sports, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna watch the game," and "Oh, I think he had a 300 batting error." Know all the stats, know all who's the on stats, whose team. And, like, and if I and I would like yell at the screen, like I'd be like, "No!" <laughs> like one of those guys, you yeah, know? Yeah. Oh and, wow! And then and and I did acid, and then I picked up the sports page one day, like because it's my habit to read the sports page every morning, and I was like drinking my coffee, and I was like looking at it, and I was like, "I don't care about <laughs> fucking." any of this bro you know what's crazy that's not just your sports that's like your entire persona <laughs> so there mike sheffer asks jason nash have you ever done psychedelics and jason says he did lsd when he was 20 and that his personality and likes completely changed it's a very common thing for that to happen he says, I went from being really into sports to not caring about it at all. And it's very interesting because that's, again, a very common thing. It happened to me and many other people where the likes change and they go a lot from things that you could say are a little bit more vapid or around the transient or around the world of objects and forms and especially surface level, things like sports and weather and stuff like that. And it changes drastically towards consciousness, towards the nature of reality, towards becoming more in awe about nature, becoming more interested in neuroscience, becoming more interested in entheogens, becoming more interested in how to maximize human potential. And so we'll talk about that in a bit, but that's a very profound and very common shift that happens from entheogens, super important. And again, entheogen means unleashing God within, and that means recognizing our true metaphysical nature. Unleashing God within means recognizing yourself as the shared eternal observer that is infinitely being colored by experience in these dreamed creation designs. Like, you don't care about any of of things like that. Yeah. Like, any statistics, any awards, any... Like, you don't care about any of that shit. No. Like, you don't care about... Yeah, that's so weird. That's your entire personality. I'm not, um... I don't know. Passionate. Fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like you don't, don't like, care about... you don't like sports either. Yes, but... It it wasn't after a drug-fueled weekend (laughs) in the cabin in Boston. But but, but you don't care about, like... uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like... Things that people get excited about, like you'll be like, yeah. and, and who cares? And who cares? <laughs> and and who like normally you'd be like, and who cares if there's if there's an alien landing tomorrow? <laughs> I'm dead anyway. Who cares? Well, that's just because I'm fifty. Do you think it was for the better? It's like a, um, and that no, was Ella. I don't think so. I probably would have been happier. I feel like it's made you more pessimistic. Yeah, probably more pessimistic. But I don't know if that's the acid. <laughs> that's, that's just life that's beating just at life. you yeah. for 45 years yeah i mean i can't say that for sure i heard one person say uh i went on a shroom trip and then i never came back oh yeah and that to me is like damn that's deep yeah I don't think, no, are you sure with shrooms because yeah. i have a same friend who happened with acid he this took acid Ella. like two years ago and like we, he was like in our friend group and then he just like completely cut all of us off and he like completely changed like his Ooh. whole personality changed too. Like everyone was like, "Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He's really weird. He took acid and then like he never came back." Did he I keep doing acid? I had a friend who took acid. He's a shark now. So, this is again 
very, very normal is the quote never came back. And it's because when people undergo the entheogenic awakening, what happens is that they become less gravitated towards the intoxication of Maya, of the illusion of the dreamed creation design. They're no longer pursuing happiness and peace externally, but rather they've turned inward. And so usually what happens is you can think about it like a bunch of unnecessary suffering and egoic pyrotechnics. My friend DJ David Johnson helped me with that one. It's fascinating because the egoic levels of consciousness will be undergoing this very pyrotechnical dialectics where they'll be kind of enraging or angering one another and creating all this unnecessary suffering whereas enlightened beings that are peaceful and harmonic and happy undergo none of that and so you really distance yourself from that with these enlightened realizations and it triggers the search for metaphysical truth and so changing friend groups to more enlightened higher vibration beings is very common also changing taste slash preferences to being more in awe by nature health consciousness also being more artistic being less consumerism driven and more scientific around neuroscience and entheogens also more spiritual around metaphysics consciousness union or yoga yoga in sanskrit means union which means the same thing as mysticism or henosis. It means union with God or union with the absolute. So it's that turn inward and also more spiritual around infinity. And you become also, when you undergo these entheogenic awakenings, you become more driven to solve the sustainable development goals, the SDGs, to maximize human potential, to awaken others. <laughs> now like in the ocean and he hunts like little fish dave open your mouth <laughs> so, what's in there it's me <laughs> i have a tiny fish in my mouth why, why do i see all these tiktoks about microdosing what does that mean it's like people, people take microdose li- people take mushrooms sorry i know what that means but why are you seeing tiktoks why are you on mushroom tiktok i don't know you ever thought about taking acid again and maybe it'll make you maybe it'll set take you me back. back make me into the celtics again so There was the question about why do I see all these TikToks about microdosing? And David says, why are you on mushroom TikTok? And so one of the important things to understand is that entheogens are literally planetary secretions. You have the beautiful 5-MeO-DMT from the Bufal various toad from the glands that's secreted and then dried on the glass sheets and then smoked and inhaled and that undergoes the most rapid ego dissolution into infinitude. And then you have ayahuasca and you have ibogaine and iboga and, of course, psilocybin and magic mushrooms. And you have all of these the new synthesis of things like what Albert Hoffman discovered with LSD and with what we have with MDMA and the sort of incredible recognition that these planetary secretions and 
what we've synthesized have these healing and awakening potentials that have been basically criminalized due to the perverse incentives of things like the medical industrial complex where you have big pharma that is constantly trying to choke out these things and when you have the perverse incentives of physicians that don't have an inclusive stake in their patient's life outcome but are rather getting compensated by big pharma to prescribe things that are actually addictions especially around opiates or like the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma or in other cases around things like where you have to take big pharma for things like anxiety whereas if you undergo psilocybin you can not only have it be something that of the majority of people call one of the most profound experiences of their life but also you don't no longer feel anxious you no longer feel depressed so you have people like maps the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies that were granted fda breakthrough therapy designation for leveraging mdma and psilocybin and a bunch of other entheogens for depression for ptsd for addiction for therapy for couples therapy for end of life therapy for a bunch of incredible healing and awakening processes so entheogens are a big deal and that's why you're seeing a lot of it on these different social platforms including a lot of what I'm even making right now for our content. And another reason why is because Silicon Valley microdoses for dissolving the default mode network, DMN. And what you see is that it takes what is normally this very constrained conceptual worldview and it loosens it to the degree of which you can have these novel creative connections that form between neural networks that were normally not talking to each other. And I've been making a good amount of content across all of these different aspects on TikTok. And so that's another big thing is sort of the recognition that you can actually be more creative around it as well with the dissolution on a neuroscientific level and the maximization of creative connections. And so that's the that's the wrap. There's <laughs> about 10 <laughs> seconds left here. You take acid. I'm like, Jay, wake up. Wake up. Hold on. Steph Curry is about to shoot a three. I'll call you back. <laughs> you wake up. You're like, I'm like, what's changed? And you're like, I love the Boston Celtics. <laughs> That's the wrap there. So uh, I got those timestamps there for you uh, at the top again, which I'll go over here in a moment. But in general, the mission, again, to summarize is to drive more Los Angeles influencers toward consciousness, metaphysics and maximizing human potential. Civilization needs more awakened leadership, especially those with the biggest audiences, able to inspire millions of people to ask themselves these biggest questions. Accelerating the elevation of planetary consciousness, more harmony, love, light, wisdom, grace, prosperity, and play for all. And that really simple analogy, again, of the pupil. The pupil is the eternal shared awareness. And then the artistic palette is the unique creative expression of the infinite, which is our iris. And that that is eternally happening across all of these creation designs that we're dreaming just like we do when we go to sleep and simulate dreams 
And so again, it's so critical to get not only we're blessed to have this bit from the vlog squad from views, the podcast where we had a good piece of content with David Dobrik, Jason Nash, Mike Sheffer talking about this and even Ella Priya as well. And it's great because they are a powerful nodal cluster in Los Angeles that will definitely be able to leverage a lot of the awakening and enlightenment and butterfly effect that and many of these other nodal clusters as well is where we're targeting and just driving the awakening via these people that have such a great reach to maximize human potential and yeah that was a lot of fun i'm glad we were able to sort of share the exploration with an actual nodal cluster that's doing it themselves and then provide commentary over that which was really interesting again it's the views podcast with david dobrik and jason nash episode was biggest life failure and the timestamps were 2020 to 2636 and that's all Ask yourselves the question, what is I? Is that I eternal? Is that I shared? And is that I a unique expression of the infinite that is being creatively expressed eternally in these dreamed simulations? And to have a global, both micro level conversation with your friends, your families, coworkers, but also on a macro level as a planet to awaken and to enlighten to that and to recognize how to maximize planetary prosperity and to drive that home through Los Angeles, through metaphysics, through consciousness, through entheogens, through all these great tools that we have. And I adore you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If the video brought you value, give it a like. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel. Leave me some of your thoughts in the comments below. Would love to hear from you about how this resonated. Share this with other people that you know this would resonate with and make a profound impact on. Let's get more people thinking about how to accelerate the planetary awakening, leveraging these hacks like getting into many of the hearts of people with great influence like here in Los Angeles and even lots of the high net worth people and fortune 500 ceos around the world we need to get the levels of consciousness from ego to enlightened levels to maximize our prosperity and that's all adore you so so much you can join the channel if you'd like and gain great perks we funnel all of the revenue back into our projects just infinite love here we are on the big creative expression of the infinite and I love being the channel, literally, and having this channel simulation to share with you. So adore you all. Thank you very much. Infinite love. Thank you.